This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Now we're going to get a broader view of reopening the economy in the perspective of markets. Peter Schiff is the CEO of Euro Pacific Capital, joining us on the line right now. Mr. Schiff, thank you very much for your time today. Sure. My pleasure to be here. So give us your sense of, of how you are reading what we have been seeing going on on Wall Street, especially in the last week or two. And I, I noted uh, on our regular show during the week uh, the fact that the NASDAQ was you know, almost uh, within, well, yeah, it now has crossed its 2020 high. And it's within, I guess, about 8% of its all-time high at this point. Sure. Well, the stock market is reacting to the Federal Reserve, which is creating tremendous amounts of inflation, money printing, uh, debt monetization. And so all that is artificially uh, inflating uh, asset prices. But the underlying economy is a complete disaster. Uh, a lot of people are missing the bubble for the pin. They're, they're looking at COVID-19 and, and what's happened. And I, I admit this is a very big pin, but yeah. the problem isn't the pin. It's the, it's the bubble that this pin pricked. In fact, I think the bubble was already seeping, losing air before COVID-19. Uh, but COVID-19 just put a gigantic gaping hole in that bubble. And so the air has come gushing out. Uh, but we are now in a depression. It's probably going to be a inflationary depression with consumer price increases, uh, you know, very dramatic over time, which is going to compound the severity of that. But look, you know, uh, the majority of these jobs that were just lost, they're not coming back. You know, people have to realize that a lot of these jobs never should have been there uh, before uh, the bubble popped. So they're not going to come back. All right. A couple of things off of what you just said. So then then your belief is before this all started, the economy was not as good as some people have been talking about. That's been one of the themes uh, of uh, a lot of conversation is that we were starting from a fairly decent position when this occurred. No, we were starting from an extremely weak position. That's why it's so bad. You see, the whole phony recovery was a function of cheap money and debt. It wasn't a genuine economic recovery. It was all about going into debt to spend money you didn't have. I mean, corporations were borrowing money to buy back their overpriced stock. Uh, individuals uh, were borrowing money to buy stuff, uh, to buy cars, uh, to buy all sorts of merchandise, to buy overpriced college degrees, to buy overpriced homes. And governments at all levels, the federal government, local governments were borrowing money uh, to pay you know, all sorts of expenses. And, and so when this uh, virus hit, we had no money saved. We had no rainy day fund. The reason that so many companies are imploding so quickly is because the whole thing was a house of cards. Nobody had any money. The minute uh, businesses didn't have cash flow, they couldn't pay their debts. The minute workers lost a paycheck for one week, they couldn't pay rent. Uh, They can't make their mortgage. They can't make their car payment. That's not a viable economy. In a viable economy, people have lots of savings to fall back on. People have six months, a year's worth of savings in the bank. Companies have lots of money saved up. They, They can go without revenue for a while. The government should have been running surpluses when times were supposedly good, except we were running massive deficits. So we've never entered a recession in a weaker position than the position we were in when we entered this recession. And this is the worst recession we've ever entered. And so now I guess then it's complicated by the fact that all of this money has been uh, been put into the economy to try and uh, recover. Uh, you're talking about a national debt that's probably over $25 trillion, probably is going to go higher. 
Oh, yeah. And look, this is part of the problem. The reason the country is so screwed up, and it was screwed up before uh, coronavirus, was because of the cheap money policies that the Fed pursued when other bubbles popped. The Nasdaq bubble popped in 2000, and instead of allowing the free market to rebalance the economy, uh, a Greenspan cut rates to 1% and inflated the housing bubble. The housing bubble popped. It ushered in a financial crisis. Instead of allowing the market to repair the damage, uh, the Fed came in with more of the same failed policy, only worse. They cut rates to zero. They left them there you know, for six, seven years and barely raised them. And during that time period, we inflated not only another housing bubble, uh, but a bubble in everything. We have a commercial real estate, residential real estate, stock market bubble, bond market bubble. You name it, it bubbled up uh, for a decade of artificially low interest rates. And now that that bubble has popped, the party is over. I mean, there's no way the Fed can inflate a bigger one. They're going to try, but it's not going to work. And all this new money that they're creating is simply going to go into a higher cost of living. You know, it's not going to really make the stocks go up. Uh, It's going to make, you know, the supermarket, the the food prices and stuff like that go up. And, And the other thing that's really compounding the problem is that so many people are no longer productive. We have lots of people sitting at home not doing any work. Yeah. So they're not helping to create goods. They're not providing services, but they're collecting money uh, for doing nothing. In fact, many people are receiving more money doing nothing than they were earning when they were doing something. And so we have all this money, but nothing to buy. You know, uh, so it's you have a diminished supply of goods and, and you have increased demand caused by money printing. So it's going to really accelerate. And especially when the dollar really starts to fall and we start to see all the imports disappearing. Uh, because we've been relying on imports, but those imports are going to go away. So then what is the Peter Schiff playbook then in trying to deal with all of this? And I guess we have to start thinking about this, not even in a in a six to 12 month period, but uh, obviously a several year period uh, in, in terms of trying to get the economy back uh, back to where it needs to be. Well, you talk about what's my playbook as far as if I was making policy, what do I think needs to be done, or my playbook as an investor, how do we play this? Well, probably, I was going to say probably if you were the policymaker first. All right, well, the policy is very simple, right, as far as what we need to do, which is the opposite of everything we're doing now. So the problem is that we have too much uh, debt uh, and too much consumption and not enough savings, and not enough production. Uh, so, what the, number one, we got to get the economy reopened, right? We got to realize, you know, we got to, you know, treat this uh, COVID nineteen uh, the way it is. I mean, not yeah. pretend that it's leprosy and we're all going to die if we come into contact with it. They've exaggerated uh, the lethalness of 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 this uh, of this flu. Uh, so we have to we have to have a more rational way of approaching it. But but that's number one. Number two. We need to address the underlying issues of these imbalances that have been caused by the Fed. So what we need to do is allow interest rates to rise because they've been too low for too long. So we need much higher interest rates. But, of course, when that happens, the stock market's going to crash, the real estate market's going to crash, the bond market's going to crash. We have to let that happen because yeah. we are doing too much damage to the economy by artificially propping up those overpriced assets. Then the government needs to dramatically reduce government spending because the government is a burden on the economy, and all this additional spending is simply making that burden uh, heavier. And we need to lighten the burden, especially now. So we need massive cuts in government spending across the board. 
Uh, and obviously, less regulation would also help. That wouldn't even cost the government money, but that right. would certainly provide a lot of relief. What we've done is the opposite. We've increased regulation dramatically on businesses. We've put all sorts of new mandates and requirements that have increased the cost of hiring people, which right. means even fewer people will be hired uh, now as a result of these new government regulations and mandates. But we need less government um, you know, we need more savings. Uh, we, you know, we need to allow a lot of businesses to fail. Unfortunately, and, and, we have a lot of businesses that should have failed years ago that have been kept alive by cheap money. We have to allow those businesses to die a natural death yeah. so that the resources, including labor, can be freed up and reallocated uh, more efficiently and more productively. We have a massive restructuring that has to take place. Yeah. It's not going to be fun. Uh, you know, we're going to have to go through some very, very dark times. Uh, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. But the problem Peter, is, if we continue on the path we're on now, we're, we're never things are never going to get better. Peter, I have to end it there. We're at the top of the hour. Thank you for your insight. We'll call on you again. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.